Welcome to At The Forefront FinTech Conversations. My name is Eric Soderberg. I'm a managing partner here at Forefront. Joining me today is Sam Belden, one of our vice presidents and head of content. Thanks for being here, Sam. Happy to be here. Great. Uh, so today we are going to be talking about a blog post that Sam recently wrote called Content Strategy, Three Crucial Tips for B2B FinTechs. So looking forward to this discussion. Um, stick around to the end for sure because one of my favorite tips is, is at the end of this one. Mm -hmm. um, but let's just start at the very top, Sam. What is content strategy and why should people even care to have one? Absolutely. Yeah. So starting at the very top, um, what are we talking about when we talk about content? So th there's a content aspect to just about every marketing function, I would say. but. For our purposes today, when we talk about content, we are talking about materials that are published under a company's own name um, that are designed to educate and engage, but that go beyond uh, more foundational or day-to-day -day content. So not website copy, not day-to-day -day short form social media posting. Uh, we're talking about blog posts, op-eds, white papers, case studies, webinars, longer form social media podcasts, things of that nature. And when we talk about content strategy, we are talking about how you can plan for, produce, uh, publish, and promote that content uh, in a strategic manner, obviously. Um, so it, it basically, um, the value of content strategy boils down to helping you get maximum mileage out of your content efforts. Um, so it, it, content strategy will help you make sure that your content is working in concert with other marketing functions like PR and uh, digital marketing. Uh, it will make sure that uh, your content is aligned with your overall business strategy, your overall right. corporate messages. Uh, it will ensure that it is aligned with specific company goals and initiatives. Are you trying to uh, hire or recruit? Are you trying to reach people in a certain region? Um, are you trying to generate a bunch of leads or are you trying to kind of uh, solicit like deep engagement from, uh, from your audience? All of these things um, will uh, can be determined and, and um, can get aligned um, if you bring that sort of strategic mindset to how you do content. Make, makes total sense and I wanna repeat something very important you just said. Content strategy needs to align with the marketing strategy. Yep. The marketing strategy has to align with the business strategy. That last part I think is super critical to making sure that the content is effective for your business. Absolutely. So let's jump into the tips. Yep. There are three big tips we're gonna scratch the surface on I think a little bit. Um, and the first one seems really obvious. Um, you need to have a content calendar. But dig into that a little bit, Sam, and tell people why it might be a little more to it than just putting the calendar together. Sure, so the, the main thing to take away here is that the content calendar can take any form, really. It can be a simple spreadsheet with uh, dates and a list of topics, or it can be a truly fleshed out uh, calendar with a traditional month-by-month -month view and, and complete with uh, different timelines and tagging systems. It, it, can, it can be as simple or as complex as you want, but the punchline is that you need to have a plan for what you're publishing and when, and let that uh, help guide your content efforts. It grounds the entire content program. Uh, so by uh, making sure that you stick to a content calendar, you, you can uh, ensure that you are publishing things at the proper 
frequency, uh, making sure that you are bringing new content to your audience on a regular basis so that they come to expect it, uh, but that you're not overwhelming them by publishing too much at once. Um, It can help with sequencing and storytelling. So for example, if you want to do a multi-part content series on your flagship uh, product. Um, you might start at the beginning with some history and, su- and a summary of the status quo. Uh, then in a follow-up piece, you might talk about your uh, product and the core capabilities today. Mm-hmm. And then in a third installment, you might talk about uh, the future of um, the area that you're trying to make better and key considerations and trends for the future. Putting all of that, that kind of uh, multi-part series into a a content calendar can help make sure that you are telling that story in a logical sequence yeah. in the right way and that you are putting uh, the right resources on each one when you need to. Um, the other thing is that uh, a content calendar can help you make sure that your content is being published uh, on a timeline that's going to align with other that's business really priorities. Really important, yeah. Absolutely. So if you have a big launch next month and your salespeople uh, might need some materials to uh, help them make the most of it and and do their jobs better, you might um, prioritize writing some content uh, to support that sales push specifically. Or um, are there any time-sensitive hiring quotas? Are there any industry events coming up on your calendar that you want to support through content? Any editorial calendars that your media contacts have shared with you and you're thinking, oh, I would love to publish a content piece that can run in this special edition of a publication that I know that a lot of my readers subscribe to. Having a content calendar can help you map your content efforts to all of those priorities and more. Super helpful. Let's get on to the next tip. Yes. Which again, at the surface, I think seems obvious, (laughs) but under the covers, I think you you find there's a lot little more to it. Cater to your audience. Yep. Unpack that. Yep. So there's a uh, design concept, that, a yeah. visual design concept that I kept coming back to, which is uh, it's called form follows function. And it basically means that in the case of content, uh, any content that you produce should take shape based on who you're trying to reach and uh, the outcome that you're trying to achieve. Um, so basically, any content that you produce should reflect uh who your audience is and how they prefer to be communicated with. So what does that mean? For example, for a technical audience, uh, developers, technologists, etc. If you're trying to reach and activate that audience, uh, you might prioritize more technical content like case studies and uh, in-depth product blogs that that give kind of blow-by-blow breakdowns of key product features. Uh, If you are trying to reach the C-suite, you might take a different approach. You might write more thematic pieces that get to the overall sort of business impact and uh, strategic benefits. Total cost of ownership. Exactly, exactly. Uh, A C-suite professional might not have time to pour into the the nitty gritty of, you know, exactly how a product functions Technically, but you better believe they're going to uh, be very interested in how it can benefit the bottom line. Yeah. Um, and so uh, length and medium uh, can matter too. Um, you know, d- depending on the demographics of your audience or the industry niche that you work in, uh, sometimes your audience might prefer written content. Sometimes they might prefer uh, audio and, and visual content. Uh, you know, videos, um, podcasts, etc. Um, so that can be very um, 
dependent on um, you know the specifics of your own audience and and um, who you're trying to reach. Um, but uh, to to get some intel on on the approach that you should take there pour over your engagement metrics and, and try to get some intelligence uh, from those. You know, if your uh, latest webinar got a 20% click-through rate, uh, but your latest written content piece got a 5% click-through rate, that might suggest that your audience likes uh, audio content a little bit more. Um, and, and you should also feel free to consult industry surveys, uh, reports, sure. things <clears throat> of that nature to, to get some intelligence on what sort of content uh, your audience is most likely to engage with. But the bottom line is, is being aware of their preferences and accounting for those preferences when you produce the content. Yeah, I think probably the best example for any of the... Uh the fintech, uh, institutional fintech uh, folks that might be watching or listening. I'm sure if you've ever had to write anything that was geared towards an institutional trader or yep. a head trader, it's a very popular audience to try and get in front of and try to get their interest. You got to keep it short. Absolutely. You got to keep it punchy. They don't have much time. So that's, I think that speaks to exactly what you're talking about. And that's an audience where, yeah, you better, you better address it accordingly or you will not get noticed. You, you need to you need to catch them in in that's whatever right. seconds of downtime that's that they right. have during they, the trading day, if, if, any. if any. So that's right. Uh, okay. So the third and last tip: make the most of your resources mm -hmm. and existing content. That's right. Let's talk about that. Yep. So uh, one key strategic aspect of any content program is figuring out how to produce content in the most efficient, impactful way uh, that you can. And part of that is making the most of your existing resources and using work that has been done to date to, yep. to inform uh, new content, new work, and, and make uh, the entire production process more efficient. So for example, if your firm published uh, the previous year a technical uh, white paper, you might consider uh, taking five key takeaways from that white paper and writing a blog post on each one. And at the bottom of those blog posts, there might be a form that people can fill out and download the full white paper that you had already published. But that's a way to kind of use some of the research and the um, the writing that, that you've done to date to, to produce something new. Another example, if you've done a case study on a successful implementation with a client, consider having that client uh, on a webinar or a podcast that you produce. You've already done work to refine the story, kind of define the rules of the road, what you're comfortable saying, and um, you, you can, uh, by producing something substantial in a new format, you can make the most of that strategic work, um, give your audience a new way to, to engage with uh, a story that you've already told, um, and it just makes everything that much more efficient. Um, a similar concept, not an identical concept, but um, thinking about how do you make the most of the resources at your disposal. Uh, think about the people who exist within your walls. If your CTO or if your head of sales uh, has a big network or is regarded as a particular thought leader in your industry yeah. niche, um, make them a major part of your content strategy. Make sure that you are publishing uh, executive thought leadership pieces under their byline. Use their network to uh, engage and amplify uh, what you're putting out. And then on the flip side of that, if your CEO, for example, has a lower industry profile than you'd like, uh, you might prioritize, uh, again, writing some executive thought leadership designed to raise that profile, taking bold positions, uh, writing things that can kind of cut through the noise 
and get their name out there in a crowded <clears throat> marketing landscape. Uh, so the um, you know the, it's not an identical concept, but the bottom line is to okay, look at what you have. What resources and content have you published to date? What uh, profiles and what preferences and uh, do um, your uh, executives and the people on your team, what have they done to date? What have they demonstrated? Who are they and how are they sure. seen? And then letting those things um, define your content strategy. Makes a lot of sense. I, yeah. I think the other thing too, and I know we've talked about, we talk about this a lot. When people think of content, I think most often they're thinking about content, content for their key audience, which usually they default to believe or think that that is the, the prospects, mm -hmm. right? The right. people who might buy their product. Mm -hmm. um, people need to appreciate that thought leadership content in particular is also very influential and helpful in PR and media relations. Mm -hmm. We, I know we have a practice with our clients. We will make sure that any thought leadership they write gets in the hands of reporters as well. Reporters want to talk to executives that have interesting things to say. That's right. So um, it's not trade show organizers. Another one looking for panelists. It's a lot easier to pitch an executive to be on a panel if you can back it up and say, "Hey, and here's three podcasts, four white paper, and like all this other stuff stuff they published." I think that makes them more valuable and more and way more attractive. So keep that in mind too. Very important. Absolutely. Uh, effective content credentializes you sure. uh, to <clears throat> just about any audience. So any audience that you're trying to increase your credibility uh, within yeah. um, is a potential audience for content. Yeah. So it's a great thing to keep in mind. Excellent. All right. So quick recap. Um, again, the blog post is called Content Strategy, Three Crucial Tips for B2B Fintechs. Quick review. Tip number one. Get a good content calendar in place. Tip number two, make sure you're catering to your audience. Tip number three, make the most of your resources and your existing content. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Sam. Uh, for those uh, watching and listening, I'd say uh, visit Forefront Communicate, was forefrontcoms.com, C-O-M-M-S, to find that blog post. Lots of other interesting marketing, PR, branding content there as well. Uh, also some case studies too yes. and podcasts. So thanks again for joining and thanks again, Sam, for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Thank you.